from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Good morning and what is up to everybody out there in the universe here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Very proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Hanging out here on the airwaves worldwide. You can get the show on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. It's as easy as that, folks. All you have to do is go to MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. You can also go to wakeupcalldt.com's homepage, pick up the MixLR feed there, and become a member that way as well. It's free and it's easy to become a member, and membership has its privileges. For free, you become a member. It's not free with purchase, free with this, free with that. It's absolutely free. You become a member and you could do two awesome things. Number one, you could chat with us in the live chat room during every live show. Number two, You'll be emailed every single time the show goes live, so you'll never miss a live show again. And whatever device you're using for the internet, be it your smartphone, iPad, iPod, iThis, iThat, tablet, Apple, smart, whatever they call it, (laughs) whatever the kids call it these days, it's funny to say, desktop and laptop, you can hang out with the show and make sure that you're tuning in. And all you have to do is open your email when you're a member on MixLR dot com backslash wake up call dt all you have to do is open your email and click to listen it sends you an email as soon as we go live it says wake up call is live and then you open your email it says click to listen and there you go simple as that wherever you are whatever device you're using whatever your day calls of you make sure you're listening to wake up call Right here with Dan Satora on wakeupcalldt.com and mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. we got a fun morning for you. Let's hop into the morning menu let you know what's coming up. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Right here today on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Monday, October 1st. We got a lot of show coming up for you today. Very excited about this and appreciate you being here and listening in to the show. We're going to start off like we always do on a Monday, and that is with the Monday Morning Quarterback, folks. It's a new segment to the show that we started just a few weeks ago, Monday Morning Quarterback. And what that is, is you know the moniker of the Monday Morning Quarterback, right? You watch the games on Saturday, you watch the games on Sunday, you get up on Monday, and you call up the radio station and say, this is what I think about this guy. This is how I think our line is doing. This is how the quarterback's playing. This is what I want to see happen from here on out. This is the wide receiver that I'm looking to to step up. You're the Monday morning quarterback, right? You watch the games, and then you give your thoughts on your team and and what's going on and what matters to you. Well, we took that moniker. We took the Monday morning quarterback, and we turned it into a segment where on every Monday morning, we have a quarterback who played for Syracuse, and that is Marvin Graves. He wore number five, and in my opinion, wore it very well. So the Monday morning quarterback segment is here. It is real, and it is awesome. 
I cannot wait to share it with you today. Monday morning quarterback, our opportunity to have our Monday morning quarterback speak with you, and that just happens to be Marvin Graves, who spent time with the Syracuse Orange, and the last time Syracuse started 4-0 and was when Marvin Graves was the quarterback of the team all the way back in 1991. So the man knows how to win, knows how to get it done, and that success that he has is truly something special. So welcome to our Monday morning quarterback segment that's coming up every single Monday, including this morning, around 9.15 a.m. Eastern time. So make sure that you are tuning in for that in just a few minutes. Then after that, we'll do what we always do on a Monday in the second hour of the show, and that is where we go on the prowl. On the prowl is my Jacksonville Jaguars coverage, and you're going to have the opportunity today to hear from numerous players. They include tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins, cornerback A.J. Boye, as well as defensive tackle Malik Jackson, starting left tackle who's taken the place for Cam Robinson, who's out with a torn ACL, that being Josh Wells. He'll be joining the show today for the first time ever. We also have fullback Tommy Bohannon, wide receiver and returner Jadon Mickens, and tight end James O'Shaughnessy will all be joining the show following the Jacksonville Jaguars victory 31-12 over the visiting New York Jets. So you'll hear from the Jaguars, and we'll go on the prowl and talk about the game and how Blake Bortles had a record day right after I defended him to yet another Jaguars fan. Every time I meet Jaguars fans or non-Jaguars, it doesn't even matter. Anybody, anybody, anywhere, I talk to them about covering the Jaguars, and what do they say to me? What do you think of Blake? Do you like Blake? Do you like Blake Bortles? What do you think of Blake Bortles? Should they get rid of Blake Bortles? I don't know if I really like Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles can't really do this. He can't really pass. He can't really, he can't really, he can't really, he can't really. That's what I hear all the time when it comes to Blake Bortles. Anytime I tell anybody I cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, that is what I get. What about Blake? 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 All the time, without fail. So Blake Bortles had a career day yesterday, and I can't wait to talk about it. Since everybody asked me about Blake Bortles, we'll talk about it here. Johnny said, same Monday of every week, of every month, of every year. Shake my head at Sunday's play. It is awesome. This coming weekend, Aaron and I are going to Detroit. Let's go, Johnny. Johnny Bananas, loving it. Feeling so awesome about that. He gets to finally go to see his Detroit Lions live on location at Soldier Field, which is uh, pretty amazing for you and, uh, you know, just an awesome, awesome, awesome experience for you. And uh, you're going to enjoy it tremendously. I said Soldier Field. I obviously did not mean that. So so it's very early this morning for me. I shouldn't say it's very early for me this morning. It's uh, it's 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 just been a uh, it's been a very long week is what I should say. Ford Field. And I was over at Ford Field during the during the NCAA tournament and Syracuse playing there, I went over to Ford Field and hung out there. So it's funny, Johnny. I, I understand and I, I apologize. <laughs> Soldier Field, obviously the Chicago Bears. Ford Field is where Johnny will be, and that'll be exciting. So can't wait to uh, to speak on that with Johnny Bananas and uh, to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Plenty coming up, like I said. So we're going to start with the Monday morning quarterback where Marvin Graves, quarterback of the Syracuse Orange, one of the best in their history. Him and I are and, and when you talk about one of the best in their history, if you want to know the truth, 
if you want to know if that is a reality and not just an opinion, go back to the statistical categories of the quarterbacks at Syracuse and find him in the top five, if not top two, top three of almost every single category there is for quarterbacks in the history of Syracuse football. So shout out to Marvin Graves. He's going to be joining us in uh, just a couple minutes here after we take a fast break. You'll hear from Marvin Graves. Then in the second hour of the show, we'll go on the prowl, talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, Blake Bortles' career day for multiple reasons. And on top of that, you'll hear from seven different Jaguars on the show today. Once again, you will hear from the likes of tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins, as well as fullback Tommy Bahannon, tight end James O'Shaughnessy, Wide receiver and returner Jadon Mickens, cornerback A.J. Boye, defensive tackle Malik Jackson, and left tackle Josh Wells all coming up in the second hour of today's broadcast as we start with the Cuse and with the Jags, talk a little bit about the NFL. We're having some fun. I'm just I'm just a little kid inside of a 32-year-old man's you know heart and mind and, and body here, living my life and living my dreams. Just a little kid covering the Jaguars, covering Syracuse. If you told me I couldn't do it and there was no way to get it done, well, I'm sitting here today saying I've been doing it for over a decade. So God bless, and I just want every every you know kid out there, no matter what your age is, to know that if you chase your dreams, you will catch them. You just have to be determined to get after those dreams, and you have to be determined to fight for what you want and what you believe in. But there is no dream that is out there that you cannot accomplish. You can achieve anything. So believe you can, and you will and fight for it. God bless you. We'll be right back here with Monday Morning Quarterback with Marvin Graves in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's, it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have at any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. 
I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. It's always an honor and a privilege to have the guests that we're blessed to have on the show. We've had over a thousand different people grace the stage here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and it is a tribute and a testament to the belief that there are good people out there when I tell you that the people that have been on this show have been tremendous. And one of those people that I always appreciate having on the show is none other than Marvin Graves. Marvin is somebody that I met last season at the Carrier Dome when he came back to uh, to see everything and to be around and, and enjoy the festivities and be around Dino Babers and the team. And uh, it was truly amazing for me growing up in Syracuse, New York, to meet somebody like Marvin Graves to be able to talk with him. And after that, he came on the show a few times. And now every single Monday morning around 9.15 a.m. Eastern time, he is your Monday morning quarterback speaking on Syracuse college football and the NFL as a whole. And I, uh, you know, like I said, be a kid always and appreciate that. And if you told the little kid, uh, you know, me as a little kid growing up, that Marvin Graves is going to be hanging out with me on the air on Mondays, I would have jumped up and down. So with that being said, Marvin, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Dad. I appreciate that. And so, you know, the team's 4-1, and one, Marvin. You know, we're in a place right now where Syracuse is in is in good footing. They have seven games to go. They have to win two to get to a bowl game. We're going to talk about a lot of different things with this game, but to paint a broad picture to kind of start off the conversation, what what are your you know your initial takeaways when that game ended and the clock struck zero? What was going through your mind when Syracuse lost in a close one on the road to Clemson? I mean, it, it was like someone uh, took the air out of a, uh, out of a balloon. Um, but you know, you got to give uh, credit to the Clemson uh, team and the coaching staff and the fans. Um, they made some adjustments, and you know. I think the Syracuse defense got a little tired towards the end and, you know, their their solution was to run the football and, you know, they had some good backs back there in ATN and um, playing with the third string quarterback. So they just made a few more plays than we did and, and those type of losses, you know, you, you never get over them. But, um, you know, just felt a little deflated, felt bad for the team because they played so hard and so physical. And, you know, when you see that, like you said, taking the air out of a balloon, Syracuse commanded this game pretty much the majority of the way through, and then things started to, you know, obviously change in the favor of Clemson at the end. 
what can you say about the the run defense? Because Syracuse's defense has drastically improved, in my opinion, under Brian Ward this season. And, you know, it was something, uh, you know, the, the last couple seasons under Dino Babers looking at this defense, and it didn't look like they could stop anybody. It didn't look like it was it was aggressive. It was tenacious that they wanted. You know, it, it was just kind of it, the scheming of it all made it made it look poor, and it, and it made the players look poor, and I think that that was unfair because the players are a lot better than the defense looked. Now in the last few games, they've been attacking. They've been getting after it. But against Clemson, they struggled to stop the run. There's multiple players from Choice to Feaster to Etienne that, that went after it on the ground and all found success against Syracuse. What did you take away from the run defense, and does it concern you right now? Uh, it's a concern, but um, just, just from what I can remember from the game, it, it wasn't so much that um, – the defense was was totally out of place. I just think it was a few times that uh, you know you got those one on one tackles and you got to make those plays. And you know, again, Clemson has you know some top top notch running backs. You know, this guy ATN is definitely an NFL running back. And you know, when it comes down to those one on one plays, I just think that they made the plays and we didn't. So I think you know the things are correctable. Um, I mean, I tell you, man, I, I was impressed with how physical that defensive line played, you know, how those guys were flying around. Um, I, I'm still impressed as to where we're going um, with the Orange and, and, and what Dino Babers and the staff is, is trying to establish. And um, I, I was impressed. I just think, um, you know, the big thing that I would take away from this game, uh, if I was a coach or a player, is, you know, those guys are learning how to win. Now you got to just learn how to finish those games. So, um, you know, your, your, your tackling has to be on point. And, um, you know, I, I just think those are things that can be corrected. When you when you see a game like that, do you ultimately feel like Syracuse had let one get away I mean in your opinion were they commanding this game was it theirs to take because they're playing a top three ranked team in the country a team who's a perennial contender in the college football playoff and one of the great coaches of our time in Dabo Sweeney yet Syracuse looked like in my opinion they had put Clemson on the ropes throughout this entire game for the majority of the game so I mean what did you take away from it did you think Syracuse went into Death Valley and despite the 27-23 loss do you feel that they were the ones in the driver's seat they were the ones in control absolutely they were um I, I felt like we dominated the, the first half uh we made some big plays um you know I think I texted you at at halftime and said these first two or three uh, possessions of the second half were going to be key. Yeah. And and I really felt like they were. Um, Clemson went in and made some adjustments. And, um, you know, Syracuse came out, um, I won't say a little sluggish, but um, when I look at the numbers, you know, the third down conversions uh, is something that we definitely got to get better at. Um, you know, I think they held our rushing game in check uh, for the most part. So, um, you know, other than that, it, it was a, it was a tale of almost two halves, but, you know, Clemson is a, is a hell of a football team. Like you said, they got one of the best coaches of our era and you had to think that, you know, it was going to be some counter punches in the second half. And I just think they made, um, I, I think the team weathered the storm pretty good. 
I just think uh, when it came down to it, you know, Clemson made a few more plays than we did. And then, you know, of course, the big penalty on the, um, the fourth down, um, you know, really hurt us. So um, if we make that fourth down conversion, you know, I think we win the ball game. But, you know, those are those are the few plays that you'll hear coaches talking about. You know, the play it may come down to – you know, one or two big plays in the game. And, you know, I think that was, you know, one of those plays that gave them a little more momentum. Speaking here with Marvin Graves, a former Syracuse quarterback in Monday morning quarterback here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday starting right around 9.15 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, Marvin, you like you said, that fourth down play where Syracuse decided, elected to go for it on fourth down and Dungey dropped back, looked like he was going to take a hit and did a jump pass over the line and was able to find Aaron Hackett out in the out in the fields and Aaron Hackett leaned caught the ball and was able to get the first down and then some over his defender but Cody Conway down the field uh, Dino Babers blamed himself for it said listen that's on me he was just doing his job when he was supposed to do he said it's not on Cody that's my fault but, I mean, was that, was that the – because I, I kind of circled a few different plays in this game that were, you know, the points where Syracuse had, had essentially – you go back and you say you can't make a lot of mistakes against the great teams, and there was a few. Was that the one that stuck out the most to you, or was it the Dungy interception? Or, you know, what, what was the play that you thought you can't – I know you can't give away, you know, really any plays, but – what was the one that sticks out like a sore thumb? Was it the fourth down that was called back? Uh, you know, really it's three plays that, that stick out in my mind, that being one of them. Um, you know, the interception before that, um, I think Dungy uh, just misread it. I think if he put some air on that ball, we got a shot. Um, there, there was one particular play. It was a, it was a third down. And I believe we ran sort of a zone read. And I think you can see Dino on the, on the sideline put his arm around the offensive coordinator because I think Clemson um, came with the blitz. And I think Dino may have wanted something else on that particular play. But, um, you know, what really stuck out is just the third down conversions. You know, I think we were like five for 15 or something like that. And I just think that, um, if we can convert some of those, you know, we, we control the clock and, and, and keep ATN off the field. So um, the main thing is, is is just the third down conversions in general. Like I said, I, I feel like, um, you know, we couldn't expect to – it would have been great to blow Clemson out, but you see the talent over there and playing in Death Valley. Um, you expected them to counterpunch, and, you know, you just have to learn how to finish and learn how – you know, to, to get those third down conversions in that situation and realize how important they are to keep the defense off the field. So, um, you know, again, those are things that are definitely correctable. And, um, you know, what, what, what we got to do this week is get back, put that behind us, and we really have to come out and play with uh, the intensity that we play with against uh, Clemson this week coming up against um is it uh, – who, who do we play this week? I'm sorry. They're playing up against Pittsburgh on the road. It's Pittsburgh on the road. So this, this, this is going to be a tough one. You know, the teams know each other really well. and uh, But I think this is a huge week for us to, to, to bounce back. And like you said, we got seven games left. And, 
to get to to get to five and one and put put this Clemson week behind us. Yeah, and you know, and that and that's a big part of this. Like you said, you know, as far as where Syracuse stood on on third down, three of fifteen in the game, uh, Clemson wasn't much better at five and fifteen. Both teams are struggling there on third down, but obviously, when you're three of fifteen and and you can't move the ball down the field and you're not capitalizing on what the defense is giving you, only twenty percent effective. If you're forty plus, that's good on third down, definitely, and. You know, and that's the other thing, too, as we talk about the defense. The defense had set up this offense multiple times in the second half. And like you said, you know, a little bit sluggish, a little bit dry. You know, Syracuse had, a, a you know, a bunch of uh, quick possessions, you know, trying a few things and then punting the ball back. And just what you can say about, you know, the importance of that, because you played quarterback for Syracuse. You know what it's like to get that opportunity when the defense does what it does, when Kendall Coleman is sacking. I mean, there's there was four sacks on the quarterback in this game for Syracuse against Clemson. And so in these moments when you're pushing them back, you're forcing them to punt, you're getting better field position, capitalizing on these are, are imperative. Just what you could say about that with Syracuse is that the defense has been the issue. The defense has been the things that people have been looking at in recent history. Now the defense is doing kind of similar to what they did when Schaefer was the coordinator, and that is giving consistent opportunities throughout the game that the offense just didn't take in this one. So just what you could say about the improvement of the defense because – they sure as heck gave multiple opportunities, a lot of opportunities I don't think people even gave them credit for going into the game that they were able to give back to the Syracuse offense, especially with their ability to get to the quarterback. Well, I mean, I think that, again, as an offense, when you're going up against, you know, the number th- number three team in the nation, um, you, you have to play down a situation football. Um, and again, that's something that can be, that can, uh, we can learn from this past weekend is, you know, when you see the defense playing that well, I felt like the whole team was playing well, but that energy that you get when the defense is out there making plays, getting sacks, um, putting big hits on, on players, uh, that builds momentum, that builds confidence. And, um, you know, we, we just have to be able to finish in those moments, we did have them on the ropes. Again, you got to come out in the second half knowing that the other team is going to make adjustments. You make your adjustments, but there has to be an emphasis on down the situation because every single play is crucial. Uh, once you're in that position, you just got to learn how to, you know, step on the neck and, and finish it off. And do you think that Syracuse is close? I mean, from what they've shown you and what they've done up to this point, are are they becoming that dog in your opinion? Are they are they you know giving you that atmosphere that they are going to be that? Are they going to be you know that type of team in your opinion where they will be able to step on the neck and and you know close the door, slam it, lock it, put the bolts on it, lock it again? You know, do you feel like they're getting there? I, I think we're getting there. I definitely think we're getting there. Um, you know, again. Um, this is a work in progress, and, you know, Clemson didn't get to where they are right now overnight. Alabama didn't get to where they are overnight. Um, if you look at the trend since since Dino's been there, I think you have to be impressed as to where we're going. And in order to be the best, you have to play against the best teams. And, you know, we came up short. But the encouraging thing is 
these are all things that <clears throat> can be corrected. These are all things that can be fixed. Um, I don't feel like we were, you know, just out talented. I think, you know, we had, we had, you know, talent on the field to, to win the football game. So when you go back and do the breakdown, you, you got to look at, okay, well, where did we go wrong? And like I said, tackling on defense, third down conversions on offense, um, and just the ability to play sound situational football are things that, you know, you, you can get better at. And the next time we're in those positions, we should see a different result. When you see, speaking here with Marvin Graves and Monday morning quarterback, Syracuse quarterback in the history of the team, and if you look in to the record books of Syracuse, uh, many of those records right there in the upper echelon of the top three in almost every single category is Marvin Graves in Syracuse football history. Uh, Marvin, when Syracuse stepped into the ACC, as opposed to what's happening now, Syracuse defeated Clemson last year, and they had him on the ropes this year. Are they ahead of schedule, in your opinion? Did you think that they would play this well against the top of the ACC just a few seasons in? Are, are they impressing you as far as where, like you said, everything takes time? Are they impressing you, and are they ahead of schedule of where you thought they would be at inside of the ACC? I, I'll be honest with you. I think um, I think we're ahead of schedule. Um, you know, I think we're we're playing honestly a little better than I expected us to play. Um, I know the work that, you know, the players and the staff is putting in, but I really believe that, you know, we're ahead of schedule. Um, if we pull that game off, we'll be having a different conversation about uh, Dino Favors and Babers and the staff and, and where the program is. So, um, you know, that, that game right there, although it was a loss, um, there's a lot, lot good to take away from it. Um, because what I saw was a defensive line that was getting after it. Um, I just saw a team that believed. I saw a team that had a little swag. I didn't see a team that go in Death Valley and was intimidated and, you know, waited till, you know, a big play happened to believe that they can win the game. That, that team went in there with the belief that they can beat that team. And that's why we had a 16 to seven lead at halftime. So I definitely think, you know, we're ahead of schedule. I think the guys really believe. And I think, you know, that, that has to be attributed to, uh, Dino and his staff. Um, these guys were ready to play football and I think you got to give them credit for that. Um, the key is, like I said, the key is to, to bounce back this week and, and have an impressive win against Pittsburgh, a tough Pittsburgh team. What would be your advice to Syracuse this week? Because uh, last season they played up against Clemson, they defeated Clemson, but then they went on to go 0-5 the rest of the season. This time they play a close one with them. You know, the mentality it, mentality is a big thing in this game. It doesn't, get, it doesn't get talked about enough. I try to talk it up here as much as I possibly can, that having strong mind and a strong will is what really ultimately changes the game for the positive for you more than anything else is being able to stay focused and know what you want and go after it and not let the outside noise get in and not let the you know sins of the past or mistakes of the past affect what you can be in the present and the future. So what would be your advice to Syracuse after this loss by four points as they head into Pittsburgh? What's the, what's the advice for you? Well, the advice is, you know, we gotta we gotta take a look at this film, and you know, we gotta be 
uh, open to constructive criticism, and that's across the board. Um, you know, the players make plays, but um, I, I think that the coaching staff did a great job as far as game planning. But, um, you know, me being a coach myself um, at, at some point in time and, and knowing the game plan and, you know, there was a couple of uh, calls that I think that, you know, they would want back offensively. Um, so it, 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 my thing is to take a look at the film, um, you know, feel the pain. It should hurt. You should be upset, um, but you got to get over it. You got to look at the film. And I think when you when you break down the film and they look at the film, you can say, man, we really could have won this football game. And we have to, you know, focus on the details. Again, situational football on both sides of the ball. Um, and just go back to the basics. You know, defense, you know, tackling, getting the push up front. Um, tackling is key. Um, offensively, um, moving the chains and just making good decisions with the football. Um, and again, I can't stress enough. Um, just just understanding the situations in the football game, first and ten, second and long, you know, things of that nature. So, again, those are things that can be corrected. So I would just say just back to the basics, um, you know, give them credit. Give your opponent credit last week. They got away with one, um, but we got to move on because there's still a lot of football to play. And in seeing a lot of football left to play here on the docket, when we look at the games, you know, at Pittsburgh and then home against North Carolina, home against NC State, at Wake, home against Louisville, uh, Yankees Stadium game against Notre Dame, and then at BC. When we look at these kind of going down the line, I want to I want to see and get your thoughts because we did this right after the game, Marvin. Are are you willing uh, to to uh, to kind of just go down here with us and and tell us, you know? Uh, win loss, win loss. In your opinion, right now, because I think we can, on paper, it's it's pretty amazing what Syracuse could end up being if they actually do this in in word and deed moving forward. So can can we go down the schedule with you and kind of get your thoughts on each of these games? If I name the game off, tell me if you think they're going to win or lose that game. Is that fair? Sure. All right. So at Pittsburgh, what do you think? I think we win. I think we win at Pittsburgh. Um, I think we have an offensive explosion. Um, I think we win by 17-plus. All right. North Carolina at home. North Carolina at home. I think we start slow, um, but then we pick up the pace. I just think the offense will be able to score points this year. I think that will be another game that we'll win. Um, It may end up being a little closer, so I'll say we'll win by – uh, nine or nine or ten points. Okay, so you got two wins. That would be a bowl eligible team at that point, and so that would that would give Syracuse a six and one record. North Carolina State at home. They're now ranked in the top twenty-five. What do you think about that one, win or loss? I think we blow North Carolina State out at home. All right, so that's a seven and one team at Wake Forest, who just fired their defensive coordinator. Not a bad team, but trying to find their footing. They're three and two overall. What do you think about that one on the road at Wake Forest in Winston Salem? I think that one on the road. I think we come out uh, with a quick start. I think we um, put up a lot of points in the first half, and we see um, our backup guys playing um, late in the, late in the second quarter, early in in the third quarter. So you got to win with that one as well. That would put Syracuse. That would give them five, six, seven, eight wins, eight and one. 
What about the Louisville game Friday night in the Carrier Dome? Um, definitely a winnable game. I think this may be a game that we actually do get off to a fast start at home. Uh, for whatever reason, sometimes playing at home, there's a lot of distractions uh, with, with tickets and family and friends. And But I actually think we can get off to a good start. The offense will be rolling. Defense will be playing well. And I think um, after facing uh, Lamar Jackson for a couple of years, I think you know, we went handily at home against Louisville. That is a 9-1 and team. Notre Dame and Yankee Stadium ranked in the top ten. What do you think about this? Wow. That, that's going to be uh, – that's going to be a huge game. I think this team is built to play on the road. I think we saw it against Clemson, and I think that sitting at 9-1, and going down to Notre Dame, I think that this is a situation where um, – Defensively, if we can turn them over and actually, you know, make some tackles, um, I think offensively we definitely can move the ball and score some points. I think Syracuse wins it in a nail-biter field goal by the uh, the freshman kid. Um, we win the ball game 31-30. And at Boston College, so you got it. You got a ten and one team right now at Boston College. What do you think? At Boston College, um, going to see a lot of run game there. Um, again, I think defensively will be uh, be a key uh, one to not give up big plays, and two to keep the running game in check. I think offensively, um, we're facing all the teams that we have faced up until that point. I think Dungey and that offense uh, will be rolling. I think I think we win that football game. Um, high scoring. I think we're we're forty something, thirty something. So you got Syracuse at eleven and one coming out of this season. Going, I mean, if if that's if that's them, this could be this could be an ACC championship team this could be a team that's getting a, a new year's six or a new year's six ball i mean this if, if if that's where they stand at the end of all of this at 11 and one you know then syracuse would have one of the not not only their greatest season in 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 two plus decades but essentially they would have like i said a great bowl an opportunity opportunity to play in the acc championship game a lot of big things would come up with this so that you know, you went down the line. You got the team at eleven and one. Now that I tell that to you, and you hear eleven and one, is that believable? Is it? Is it? You know, a little bit of your heart more than your head. Where Where do you see everything with this? Because you gave reasoning for each, but this is something that Syracuse fans have have. You know, they don't experience this from year to year, or even decade to decade. So, what makes you believe that this team could get to that point? Be eleven and one and have themselves a season that would by far eclipse anything that they've done in two or three seasons combined? I think, um, I think obviously I'm a little biased. Um, but I, I was really impressed, you know, the way we came out against Clemson. I see the team uh, very confident. I see the team very physical. I don't see the team backing down to anyone. Um, so that tells me that they're buying into what they're doing. Um, I just believe this offense can get better. 
I believe the defense is getting better. And I just believe when, when, when teams believe in each other, um, you, you accomplish more than you even expect. They, they, you accomplish more than the fans expect. And I, I'm just looking down the schedule. I just really believe that if those mistakes that can be corrected from last week can continuously get better on a week-by-week basis, third-down conversion, that keeps the other offense off the field. Um, you know, scoring a few more points. You know, I just really believe that we can outscore some teams and be in 11-1 position. Uh, so I, I really do believe that this week is key. Um, I, I feel like if we can win this week, which I think we can, I just think that we can continue to play uh, more sound football and just continue to get better. You know, it, it's a work in progress, but, you know, why not us this year? That coming from Marvin Graves, Syracuse quarterback in the history of Syracuse football and in the record books in the top two or three in the majority of the categories for Syracuse quarterbacks historically. Uh, Marvin, before I let you go, what what do you think is, is the key area that Syracuse has to work on the most? I know you said, you know, moving the ball. and We talked about third down conversion and keeping their offense off the field. Is the run game the biggest thing that you circle as the biggest concern to be corrected right now, or is it something else? Uh, I definitely think you, you have to be balanced. Um, we've rushed the ball really well um, through the first four games, and I, I feel like Clemson really shut that down uh, for the most part. So, again, I think those are things that can be corrected with um, – you know, play calling and, and, and scheme. And sometimes, you know, good teams make, make good plays and they make plays. So, um, I really feel like, um, I really feel like offensively, um, you, you just got to be better at situational football and defensively back to the basics, you know, just, just tackling. Um, I think for the most part, we had guys in position for the most part. Um, we just got to be sound, and, and 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 if everybody can do that, and, and be be fundamentally sound, and be comfortable with the system, you can go out and fly around and play football. And I just see that's that's where we're going. So I don't I don't think there's anything really major that has to be changed. I just think when they see the film, they'll be a little more frustrated at the opportunity that that we let slip away and see that those things can be corrected. So it makes for a better team, not only for the guys that are playing, but for the guys that could, could potentially be playing, whether there's an injury or um, someone's not producing and things of that nature. So everything that I saw from the past weekend is definitely um, fixable um, within within that, that locker room. That coming from Marvin Graves. Marvin, uh, final thing, final piece of this. Syracuse is not ranked in the top 25. I thought that if they defeated the Clemson Tigers, then absolutely 100% they would be in the top 25, should be in the top 25. If they were 5-0, and defeated Clemson, had every right to be there at that point. Uh, post-game show that we did on Facebook Live, facebook.com backslash live now DT with myself and John Newman. You know, we sat there and we went through the list, and I went through at the time the ranker from this past week, uh, from 19 to 25, and I talked out 
the majority of those teams and put Syracuse in above them. The the Oregon's of the world and the Michigan States and the you know and some of the other teams that that had been in there, the Dukes and the Mississippi States and the Californias and the Texas Techs and whatnot. So, you know, after all of that, I said, if they won, definitely in the top 25. If they lost, I still see them in the top 25 because the teams, especially at the bottom of the top 25, were a bunch of teams who were undefeated but played no ranked teams, or they were whatever and one loss, and that one loss was to a ranked team, and it was a loss by 16 or a loss by 20 or a loss by whatever, where they got slammed by the other team, where Syracuse only lost by four on the road. So I said, if you look at the loss, Syracuse's loss is not as bad. It's to a higher-ranked team. They've beaten unranked teams, which all these other teams did that were ranked. So I argued a case that Syracuse should be ranked this week in the top 25, even though they lost to Clemson. What are your thoughts on it? Should Syracuse have been included in the rankings this week? I believe so. Um, I believe so. Um, I, I think they put on a great showing. I don't think uh, for the people that actually saw the game, it wasn't a bunch of trick plays or anything like that. I think we came out and physically uh, played with Clemson um, to a point where I don't think people expected. Um, so I think it was an impressive loss against the top three team in the nation. Um, I feel like they should be in the top 25, but you know, that's just, that's just what I think. That's what you think. I think those guys don't need to focus on that. I think they need to keep focusing on where the ship is going and it's going to a beautiful place. And when the time is right, you know, we'll, we'll be right. And, you know, a lot of that is a lot of fluff anyway, to be honest with you, but you know, the powers that be have to rank it. So. You know, it's just a matter of, I don't know, personal opinion or um, a formula that they have to actually put teams in the top 25. It just shows um, the lack of respect for the Orangemen. Um, but again, you know, I think the world saw uh, what we're about. I think the world saw that, that we're not a fluke. We didn't come out there running a bunch of trick plays. Um, that defensive line got after it. You know, we were out there hitting hard. You know, we just ran into a team that uh, happened to be at home and, you know, didn't give up. They made a few more plays than we did. And, you know, if, if you don't think Syracuse is for real, I think you're sadly mistaken. Absolutely. And I think if you look at the rankers, you know, with the Associated Press this week, simply put, Wisconsin, Miami, Oregon, Michigan State, and Colorado have not have not gotten any better wins than Syracuse. They haven't done anything they, you know, Wisconsin's ranked 16th in the country. They've, they defeated New Mexico, Western Kentucky, and Iowa. None of those teams are ranked, and they lost to BYU, who at the time was not ranked. We look at Miami. Miami lost to LSU. Now, that's the ranked loss that Miami has. Miami has a ranked loss to LSU when LSU was ranked 25th in the country. They lost by 16, almost three touchdowns. Syracuse lost by four to the top three ranked team in the country, so remember that. And then Miami went on to defeat Savannah, Toledo, FIU, and the worst team in the ACC, North Carolina. And then Oregon, in their games, they lost to Stanford, and they lost to Stanford by seven. They defeated Cal, who's not ranked anymore. They defeated San Jose State. They defeated Portland State, and they defeated Bowling Green. None of those teams are ranked. Michigan State, when we look at this, this is all in the AP, 
Michigan State is ranked. They defeated Utah State, who's not ranked. Lost to Arizona State, who is who is not ranked. Defeated Indiana, defeated Central Michigan. Both of those teams are not ranked. And then Colorado, their games, they defeated Colorado State unranked, Nebraska unranked, New Hampshire unranked, UCLA unranked. So, you know, these are the teams that can say they're 4-0 or 3-1 or 4-1 or whatever it may be. But if Wisconsin is not only in the top 25, but they're 16, Miami's 17, Oregon's 18, Michigan State's 20, Colorado's 21, I don't think any one of those teams has a better case than Syracuse, and every single one of those teams has a loss except for Colorado. So, you know, with that being said, like you said, it's kind of fluff, and at the same time, you you wonder, are these people choosing with their head? Are they choosing with the research? Are they choosing with reality? Or, you know, are they trying to please a little bit of this and please a little bit of that? And I'm not trying to knock everybody that's voting in this poll by any stretch of the imagination. The reality of it all is Wisconsin, Miami, Oregon, Michigan State, and Colorado do not have a better case than Syracuse to at least put Syracuse at 25th, and that's how it looks this week, in my opinion. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, You know, again, I don't know how they make these rankings, um, but I think a lot of it, um, is predicated on previous seasons and the expectation on paper that this team is supposed to be uh, have this many wins or this team is supposed to uh, beat this team. I just think, you know, a lot of it is is, is predicated on um, previous years, um, the actual university. And, again, it, it you know, everybody can't be in the top 25, but, I mean, come on, man. If you're really looking at football and you saw the game last weekend, we should be sitting at at least 25. No, and I absolutely agree with you with that and uh, and wholeheartedly agree with you with that because that's real. And you brought up the point. It should be about this season, these games, this moment, this time. Not not how many years has Syracuse been out of the top 25, which is 17 years. But I think that all of that plays a factor with people. It's a lot harder to take a team out who's in every year than put a team in who's who hasn't been in in almost two decades and it's going back to the past it's going to the struggles it's oh they haven't been to a bowl and none of that should matter what should matter is the here and now you can't date a girl and talk to her about what happened in your relationship three years ago and what this girl did to you and it's her fault and yada yada you got to face today you got to face the here and now in order to you know be in that relationship and be focused so to the people in the AP and to the coaches poll, I would say the same thing. It's not about past relationships. It's not about past years. It's not about this girlfriend, that girlfriend. It's about right now who you're with and what they're doing in this moment. And in this moment for Syracuse, they have more than proven that they deserve to be somewhere there, even if you make them that very last 25th spot. So I agree with you. I think that Syracuse is getting knocked for their recent history and they're being in it, it, they're in that situation where they've been out of it for so long that it's it's a lot easier for people to argue that they stay out as opposed to bringing them in but i think that they've done more than enough to prove themselves and i think you know moving forward if they take down pittsburgh and handle them well then you know that would put them at 5 and 1 and at that point yeah i really wouldn't understand i don't understand it now but i would definitely not understand it if that be the case and they're still not in this thing Absolutely. I think, you know, you said it well, and I just think going back to your earlier question, my advice to the team is be pissed off, you know, be pissed off and, um, you know, keep that in the back of your mind 
Um, you will be ranked in the top 25 and the top 10 one day. Um, but you got to be a little pissed off that, um, you know, you're not, you're not being respected around the country. And I think that's enough fuel to the fire <clears throat> to, uh, to go out and, and correct those little things. Well, I won't say little things. I will go out and correct those things that can, can change a game from uh, a loss to a win, uh, like this past weekend. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll be there. The key is to focus on this week. You can only play one game at a time. And right now that's Pittsburgh. And, and you know, we really have to come out and get off to a great start and, and, and finish the game, not let up, just stay aggressive and, and play good situational football. And, and we'll see what happens. That coming from Marvin Graves right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. He's our Monday morning quarterback. He's with us every Monday morning at 9.15 a.m. Eastern time. He believes in this Syracuse team, and rightly so with a lot of things that they have done up to this point. On paper, they should be able to take care of business. Now it's about doing it in the real world and making that a reality and not just a dream. Marvin Graves, as always, sir, I appreciate you. I thank you for taking some time, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks a lot, Dan. Go as you. All right, take care. That coming from Marvin Graves on the show once again. Marvin Graves giving his thoughts on Syracuse. He believes that Syracuse could not lose the rest of the regular season. He's arguing that Syracuse could be 11 and one. And the crazy thing about it is, you know, outside. I mean, Notre Dame in Notre Dame, they're gonna falter. Okay, Notre Dame every single year is good for one weird loss, right? They do something, you know. And and what I mean by weird loss is they do something, you know, uncharacteristic. They lose to a team they're not supposed to. You know, that could be the Syracuse team, depending on how Syracuse plays and how and who shows up. You know, in in this in this New York City opportunity at Yankee Stadium coming up here. But at Pittsburgh, you know, and, and I did. I argued the team could, could win nine or ten games. You know, that's that's what I said. I said I think Pittsburgh, Louisville, and Notre Dame are the ones that I kind of – and NC State are the ones that can kind of go either way that I circle. I think, you know, they should be able – and the thing about the, – the reality of it all is you have to look at what Syracuse's strengths are, okay? They struggle against the run. Boston College has one of the best runners in the country in A.J. Dillon. So, and they have a running quarterback in Anthony Brown, and they know how to run the score up, and they're not a team that's just playing defense and that's it anymore. They're playing defense, and they can score the ball, which has made them lethal and more dangerous than Boston College maybe has ever been, definitely has been in a very long time offensively. So, you know, BC, that's a tough game. Notre Dame, top 10 ranked team. You know, how does Syracuse go into this? Do they walk into this like the Clemson game and say, I don't care where you're ranked, I don't care who you are, I don't care how many stars you're athletes have I just know that we can go toe-to-toe and when we line up in the dirt we're going to smack you we're going to make it really difficult for you and we're going to win this thing Syracuse walks in like that could be something special remember Greg Robinson's team beat Notre Dame and they really didn't beat anybody ever so under Greg Robinson Louisville you know I think that this is this is an interesting game kind of a trap game because they should beat Louisville but I just have a gut feeling that that game is going to be more interesting than than you want it to be in the sense of nail-biting. Wake Forest, you know, they're struggling on defense to even line up in the same defense. I talked to Dave Clawson about it. You know, I, I think that, you know, it's on the road at Wake, so that gives it, you know, some, some value uh, on the side of picking Wake Forest. But, you know, this is Syracuse. They went on the road at Clemson. The big thing about Syracuse is they have to prove that they're, they can win on the road. That's what they have to prove to everybody, that they can win, or not to anybody, to themselves, that they can win on the road. 
because this team historically in recent history does not win on the road. They have to show that they can go somewhere else. Tallahassee, Death Valley, wherever it is, Pittsburgh, Winston-Salem, Boston, you know, show that you can win on the road. Show that you can do that. Show that you could go away from home and handle your business. That is a huge component and a huge piece of this team is showing what you could do on the road. They go to bowl games, they win them, right? They've won their last three. They won the Texas Bowl in Texas, obviously, against Minnesota, and they beat Kansas State and West Virginia inside of Yankee Stadium for the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. So they can win when they're away from home in these bowl games. Now they have to show that they can do it in the regular season and do it against competition that's, you know, that that is that litmus test for them to show what they could do. North, you know, when I say, you know, who do I think are the wins that I feel confident about? I think North Carolina at home, I think NC State at home, at Wake Forest, those are, those are wins for me. That gives them seven wins on the season. They're bowl eligible. They're going to a bowl game. At Pittsburgh, this is a game where they really have to show what they could do to bounce back. I think the at Pittsburgh, at Boston College, those are the ones where I sit here and say the last time they went to Pittsburgh, they allowed 76 points. They got the same quarterback. They got, you know, different skill players, and this defense has gotten better. But now they have to showcase that. You got you to gotta shake that off what happened in Pittsburgh the last time around where it looked like a basketball game, and Pittsburgh and Syracuse actually outscored the basketball teams this se- that season. When they went 76-61 to 61 in favor of Pitt, they played on the basketball court for men's basketball that season to follow and didn't even score that many points, which is 137 points and a record in the FBS Division I-A college football. So, you know, for me, I think, you know, at Pittsburgh, at BC, one of those could be a loss, right? So let's say four. So you got so you got four and two. North Carolina, NC State, Wake, those are wins. So you got seven and two. Louisville, I think, is a trap game and kind of a danger zone. So you got to figure out where you're going to go with that one. But I think that you know, I, I know Marvin Graves said eleven and one that the that the one loss, you know, he gives them one loss, you know, coming through here, and, and the rest of them wins to go seven and zero throughout this. I think it's going to be extremely difficult to do it. But you can argue nine and three. You can argue ten and two on paper. I can argue more for Syracuse than against Syracuse, but it's which team shows up. Again, we talked about it with Marvin Graves. It's the mentality. That side of it, mental toughness, that is the thing that separates you from anything in your life. Mental toughness. When your family is getting crazy and getting you down, mental toughness. When your job and your boss, mental toughness. When the media, mental toughness. When the internet and social media, mental toughness. On the field, mental toughness. What they're saying about you, mental toughness. If you are strong mentally, if you can handle the world mentally, if you can shut out the noise and know who you are and love yourself and not let the demons inside your mind, then yeah, this Syracuse team could win 9 to 11 games. Coming through the rest of the regular season. They can do it. I've argued them at 9-3. and three. I think they could even be better than that. But it comes down to, I'm not crazy here. You're not crazy for thinking it. But it's how the team responds. It's how guys like Antoine Cordy and Kylan Whitner and Chris Frederick and Scoop Bradshaw and Eric Dungy and Dante Strickland and Mo Neal, the guys that have been through hell, that have seen the nasty, that have seen the worst of the worst, 
It's how these guys will respond. Aaron Service, Cody Conway, Sam Heckel, how these Aaron Roberts, how these guys will respond that have been in the trenches, been in these moments with Syracuse where they shoulda, woulda, coulda, and they didn't. It's about separating yourself from that, being mentally tough to leave the past in the past, know that the mistakes you made then will only repeat themselves if you let them, and to move forward from here. Syracuse is capable of winning 9-11 to games for the rest of the season. I did not stutter, nor did Marvin Graves, nor did John Newman. It's a reality, folks. Only if Syracuse is mentally tough and makes it a reality. Let's take a step aside for a fast break. We will be back with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the prowl in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrySigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513 or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. 
Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day, all complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Thank you so much for tuning in to part one of our broadcast here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Make sure that you head over to part two of episode 178 of 2018 and that is our on the prowl segment where you will hear me with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the signature wake-up call segment on the prowl where I will speak with this time around left tackle Josh Wells as well as defensive tackle Malik Jackson cornerback AJ Boye fullback Tommy Bohannon tight ends James O'Shaughnessy as well as Austin Safarian Jenkins and wide receiver and specialist Jadon Mickens.